Payday is brought to you by FabFitFun. It is a seasonal subscription box full of full-size, that's right, full-size, not samples, full-size beauty, fitness, fashion, and lifestyle products. It has a value of over $200, but it retails from the FabFitFun for $49.99. That's right. And you can use coupon code MAYDAY right now for $10 off your first box at FabFitFun.com. So just head over to FabFitFun.com, put in the code MAYDAY, you'll get $10 off your first box. Now, for me, this is a great gift idea for anyone that you know who would use such items for fashion, fitness, lifestyle. Uh, I mean, that pretty much covers a lot of people that you probably know that you need a gift for because newsflash. The holidays are coming. It's October. We need to get on this. Uh, some of the brands that are in the FabFitFun box include Glam Glow, Kate Somerville, Dr. Brandt, Free People, Michael Stars, and Zoya, just to name a few. So once again, head on over to FabFitFun.com. Use the coupon code MAYDAY and you will get $10 off your first box. FabFitFun.com, coupon code MAYDAY. Hey everybody, it's Justin from Mayday. Welcome to the latest episode of Mayday, the Handmaid's Tale podcast. We are very excited to have you with us. Right off the bat, we want to send out a big Mayday family congratulations because Yvonne Strahovski and her husband Tim have just welcomed their newest addition to the family. A baby boy born on the 15th of this month, just a couple days ago. Yvonne posted on Instagram and Twitter and said, my heart has melted into a billion pieces a thousand times already. We have been blessed with the greatest joy of our lives, our baby boy. Welcome to the world, Peanut. Your parents love you beyond measure, and you are already my little dreamboat. My heart has been stolen. And you can see that picture uh, on her uh, Instagram and Facebook, or Twitter feeds. She's uh, at Yvonne Strahovski on Instagram. Or you can see it on ours. We are at Handmade Podcast on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. We have that posted all over the place. People are loving it. It's a fantastic photo of her with her baby son. So, congratulations to Yvonne Strahovski and her husband, Tim. And, of course, to the new baby boy. Welcome to the world. Now, what do we have going on? Oh, that's right. We have a big costume contest that you should be entering or thinking about entering if you are going to be dressing up as anything related to The Handmaid's Tale TV show or book, or anything. So, you can find out more about this on our website, allconsumingcontent.com, or follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at, at Handmade Podcast. We have lots of prizes from places such as the Feminist Sticker Club, Fan Mail, the subscription box, and their new awesome subscription box, the Charmed Box of Shadows. Also stuff coming from lots of other places. More to announce as the prizes become available. We have more to announce that I can't wait. So, like I said, you can enter in three different categories, individual, group, and pet. You can find more information on how to enter into all those. You can enter as many times as you want in as many categories as you want. Now, super awesome things about this, judges. Now, who do you get to judge something except for the judgiest people that you know? And the judgiest people we know on The Handmaid's Tale or at least really close to the judgiest, are none other than Naomi Putnam and Warren Putnam. So we called out to them and said, hey, you guys want to help us judge? And they have agreed. So Ever Carradine and Stephen Kunkin, a.k.a. Naomi and Warren Putnam, will be judging the individual category of our competition, which is awesome. Our other judge, we got a big rock star, which is fantastic. I can't even believe this is happening. So Lizzie Hale, who is a badass lady, she is the lead singer, 
and the rhythm guitar player for the band Hailstorm. If you have not heard of them, you should go check them out at hailstormrocks.com. That's their website, hailstormrocks.com. You can also find Lizzie Hale on official Lizzie Hale now. That's Lizzie with no uh, vowels, L-Z-Z-Y. That's how she goes. That's awesome. So L-Z-Z-Y, official Lizzie Hale on Instagram and Twitter. You can find her. Uh, their new album, Vicious, is out right now. came out this summer, so it hasn't been out very long. They are just finishing up a European leg of their tour, and then they're coming back over here to the United States to kick off the American tour. So you can definitely check them out. They should be rolling somewhere close to your city. They are going all over the place. So once again, Lizzie Hale, lead singer for Hailstorm. Check them out. You can hear them on our radio station. Handmaid's Resistance Radio, which you can find on Slacker Radio, which you can listen to for free with the Slacker app, or at slacker.com. Much more to come about that as well. So lots of stuff going on. We are very, very excited. So costume contest. Congratulations to Yvonne Strahovski and family. And uh, definitely keep looking for all things new for season three, which is what this podcast is about. Breaking down what we know about season two and what we think we know about season three which there's some nuggets coming out, some interesting information. So that's what this is about. Me and Tiana breaking that down. And uh, if we miss anything, let us know. Hit us up on uh, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and say, hey, this is a thing I know about season three, because maybe we missed something. Definitely possible. So without further ado, here is the next episode. Enjoy. All right, so one of the things we do want to do um, on this show every time we do an episode is to talk about if we learned anything new about season three. Because obviously everyone now that we're past season two is like, what the hell is even going to happen? Yeah. Uh, but I feel like right now, before but we, we think get that, there... we thought that at the end of season one, too. Exactly. I think we got to do like a where are we at right now before we get into what the hell is going to happen in season three and what we know. Uh, so I'm just going to do a brief rundown of what we know and how we know it and why it happened. So the big catalyst of all you people... Um, who were angry at Eden for existing, uh, was Eden. Uh, so essentially she is executed because she falls in love with Isaac because Nick is uh, not having it, as yeah. we say. He's, um, he's not he's not even pretending. No. So her and Isaac attempt to run away, and that doesn't go so well. They get caught, and instead of confessing and like you know saying that they were wrong, they double down on it and are summarily killed, uh, which leads to the rest of the entire ending of the season and where we go from there. So Serena, you know, is the other catalyst for this, the vast majority of the season. And so what happens out of that is she's confronted by June, who is the, the second to last or final episode where they're going through all of Eden's stuff and they find the Bible that clearly she has been reading because it's like annotated out the wazoo, right? Yeah. The the big no, no reading. Right. And the other big thing with Eden was that even, you know, Serena said she was the, you know, like if you're going to draw a person in Gilead up, like she was raised in it. Yeah, she, she totally was, bought it. She was exactly what Gilead thought women should be. And they killed her. Um, so June comes to her because obviously she's been reading the Bible, trying to figure out what is going on. Why can't and, she get Nick to love her? And I think the the Bible is especially important for her because she is young enough that, you know, most of her ideas forming age would have happened in Gilead, not in United States pre-Gilead. So her making the conscious decision to go ahead and read the Bible anyway and try to make sense of her life and her feelings with the Bible and writing in it, yes. I think is much more significant than somebody older who yes. had done all of their, you know, worldview thinking growing up before Gilead. 
And it's also very different than someone who like lived a life and then came and then to had the it Bible. taken away, yeah. right? Well, and then like came to the Bible later on. So you have oh, those people yeah, yeah, that yeah, like yeah. live this life, and like you see it with a lot, like with people who have substance issues or mm-hmm. like have tragic yeah, things yeah, yeah. happen in their life. They turn and to, then they they find and, and then they're religion, all and then, and then it, their boom. life has changed. Yes. And so with Eden, it was this is what she'd been taught that this is where all the answers are, and this is how all the things. And she turned to it. She clearly and, came from a family that. Yeah. was very body. Yes. We'll talk about that in a minute. Ugh. So June comes to her and it says she was trying to figure all this out by reading the Bible. Huh? And she was murdered, killed because she was trying to do what she thought was right. And finally, like kind yeah. of saw through what Gilead is in that she can't do the thing that she wants to do. And it doesn't make any sense. Yeah, and the essentially thing, the thing that she thinks that God would want her to correct. do is the thing she's not allowed to do. Right. And so she's like, how are you going to keep your child safe and keep Nicole slash Holly uh, safe. When yeah, you, I think we just have to go with Nicole now. I, I know. It's like, okay. I made a note later. I was like, of course, because she has to have two names like everyone else in Gilead. <laughs> right? I didn't even think about that. I didn't think about it until last night when that's I was writing true. it down. I was like, that's so that's true. That's true. Serena really at that point kind of brushes that off. But then when they have the meeting later on where her dad... Eden's dad, who we found out is the one that ratted her out because her and Isaac went to them and were like... And like the whole family seems okay with that, which just... My mind did not know how to react to this. And I just like... I had to pause it just so I could freak out for a minute at that part. I just... Why did... How... But that's... She's your... Oh, why? (laughs) But in that moment, that's when you really think... That's when it clicks for Serena. Because before that, when they're in the the greenhouse and yeah, yeah, June yeah. comes in, she brushes her off and gets mad. Yeah, and it's more of a theoretical conversation yes. at that point for her. But at that point, she kind of sees it she in gets practice. Real. And she, they share this moment in there where Serena's like, oh, shit, you're yeah. right. Yeah. Um, and then we get the whole thing with Fred and, you know, uh, June. Yeah. Training, and this is not long clothes. after her having to confront what Gilead really is in Canada. Yes. Bear in mind. Yes. Being like a- that, that did not happen that long ago. Right. So her her reality and faith in Gilead, not just faith in God, but faith in Gilead and the system that she helped to create is really shaken. And so Serena attempts to take this through the proper channels, I guess we could say, um, and kind of recruits Ugh. Lady Putnam and the wives to go confront the men and kind of properly say, hey, we want to change this law so that our daughters can read from the Bible. I'm so sad we didn't get to see her and Lady Putnam going to talk to the group of wives. I- yeah. Please, please put that in a flashback. I really want to see how that conversation went. And because clearly she did not like either she didn't have the full plan at that point. She was convincing them to go with her or she didn't share her full plan Mm -hmm. because they were shocked. Yes. Even Lady Putnam was shocked. Yes. Uh, Because the big thing is that she decides to read from the Bible, which obviously public in front of the scary Senate. Yes. And in the dark. Oh, yeah. Against the law. And it, it was very moving. Oh, totally. It was a great argument. Yeah. She would be the best prosecutor. But <laughs> she would. Yeah. yeah, they were clearly not having it. No. They made an example they of her. They made an example of her and Fred in particular, who probably had a little bit of power to say, okay, let's do this or yeah. that, decides to. Well, and he just got to walk away and like not even be present. Yes. He, yeah. When, when she realizes why there are men coming in the hallway for her. And Fred is just very cool and collected about it and walks away with the Bible. Mm -hmm. Like, damn, that is some cold hearted shit right there. So he uh, 
doubles down on his efforts to, I think, maintain his power more than anything. And because he lost a lot of oh, face yeah. oh, in yeah. that moment when she was doing that, because he obviously did not know that that's what yeah, was going on. Clearly, happen. people were like, Fred, what are you letting happen here? Exactly. Well, men, not people. Right. I don't think any of the ladies were thinking that. Right. Uh, so at this point, it's like Serena, I don't think, saw any of that coming. I think this was a nice analogy to someone of great privilege not realizing that when punishments happen, they can be excessive and terrible because she just never had to really think about it before. It's when your privilege runs out and you're the one that is yeah. the laws are turned against. When you, when you are now on the side of the less privileged. Yes. And so they cut Serena's finger off and that kind of changes her perspective on things, which comes I mean, in later. I mean, it would probably have an effect on my thinking as well. Uh, so Emily, let's talk about Emily. Uh, Emily does end up escaping while she's with Commander Lawrence, uh, Bradley Whifford's character is confronted by Aunt Lydia towards the end and summarily, uh, as I call it, uh, punch, kick, stab, stab, kick, kicks her down the stairs. I mean, she's not wrong to do it. (laughs) Uh, Lydia earned that. I don't generally condone that kind of horrible violence, but eh, she kind of does. So then she is whisked away by Commander Lawrence. And as I put here, a driver. So there's like a third party here that knows what happened that night. Because he is not How driving much the car. Does he know, though? Do you think? Like, I don't know, but I know that he drives them to yeah. the place where they drop her off to get to escape. So yeah. he at least knows what. And Bradley happened. Whitford's in the front seat, yeah. so like it's not like they're having a conversation and there's a partition and the driver can't. No. Hear. the driver's right. There. Driver's right there, and Bradley Whitford's DJing, obviously. Um, no music thing. <laughs> we don't like music. That. Pretty great. <laughs> so yeah, that relationship was so strange. They were so on different wavelengths. Yes. Um, I really wish we had gotten to see more of that. Yeah, I, that, w- that felt a little rushed. A little rushed, yeah. and it needed. I think it needed to be rushed to lead up to her escaping. Yeah, but like we c- we could have had so much more banter. Well, I think what they kind of conveyed in the show was that she was kind of at the end of her rope, one way or the other. Oh yeah, and that because I know mean? initially when like the whole knife thing happened, we all thought it was she was going to kill herself, and I was under yeah, the impression I too. Yeah, yeah, ever yeah. since last summer. Well, our last you know, off season when we talked about it, that she was not going to make it through this show. Yeah, same. And so, um, I mean, she still may not. She may not. She but, made it through the season. Yes. is what we know so far. Uh, so it's very interesting. I think they just had to contract that because at the point where she is mentally, I just don't think that like she could have lasted there very long, even with him. Well, especially with him because he's so. Yeah, she she might have stolen another knife and taken it to somebody else. And you don't know with him because he was so like. You didn't know where he was coming from or yeah. where. Even, yeah. We don't when, know if he is trustworthy. Yeah. And even when they're in the car driving, he's still like being cagey and weird. And she's like flipping out because she has no idea what's happening. So, uh, okay. So June, after that, uh, June, daring escape organized by the Rita's. I have to say that every time. Um, the Rita's. The, the Martha's. I apologize. <laughs> by Rita and the Martha's. Uh, Rita, their MVP of season two. And uh, so June gives her daughter, Nicola Holly, because, of course, there has to be two names, um, to Emily. And uh, well, she only gives her one name when she gives it yeah, to she Emily. She says, call her Nicole, away. which I think was another thing. Even, Man, even before people she, hated that. Even before she decided to not escape. I think people were like, what? Why are we calling the baby Nicole? Are you serious yeah. right oh, now? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. People freaked out. I was one of them. Yeah. Um, so she does decide not to escape. And stays in Gilead with the express purpose of the original mission statement being achieved of the show, which is, for those of you keeping score at home, save Hannah. I feel like this is one of the more, not irritating is not the word, but people have a lot of passionate opinions on her not escaping. Mm -hmm. I feel like I have to say, 
Um, if you were a parent, and maybe some of these people are, I'm parents, sure some of them I just are parents. Don't know how you would be like, okay, I'm yeah. gonna go try and fix this from Canada. Yeah. I, yeah, the child that grew in your womb that you birthed and raised with your spouse that you love, I, I, I cannot imagine leaving them behind in a place like that. I can't either, especially because it's a daughter. Yes, it's not like she had a son that would be right. much safer. Exactly, she had a daughter. I can't fathom the idea of leaving your child in a place like that. Yeah. And well, we've seen the struggle of anyone from Canada to be able to kind of affect anything in Gilead at this point. So I don't know that that's even a realistic like thing that she could do. There's no like yeah, correspondence. Granted, she doesn't know that. Yeah. She doesn't have that Correct. back knowledge of like how hard it is for people outside to try to penetrate and do yeah. things. Um, And, you know, she doesn't even really know how Emily wound up there able to escape. She doesn't know how that happened. <laughs> she just showed up. And I think that's an interesting thing, too, for like people to get in the head of what the character knows and mm-hmm. doesn't know. Yeah, it's hard because we know so much yeah, more. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so the other person in play here is Nick. Now, obviously, we have been less critical of Nick this season. We Yes, he is, he we is removed, redeeming himself. We removed his worthless title. Uh, he became not so worthless, Nick, this year. Yeah, and that's fine. Somewhat better, Nick. Somewhat better, although you know, we're, uh, in the end of I how things I still have play real out. mixed feelings. Yeah. Uh, so he plays a very important role in this game in that when Fred kind of gets an inkling of something's going down, uh, he runs <laughs> upstairs. Fred finally, like, just begins like, to catch on. Yes. Like the tiniest light bulb goes on. <laughs> uh, Nick runs upstairs and basically says, "Sir, you can't go outside the house. Uh, it's too dangerous." It's too dangerous. I think he says, "Yeah, going yeah. on right." And so he kind of even puts his hand on the gun and touches him on the shoulder, which is like this total like power yeah. dynamic shift. Yeah. He and blocks the hallway with his body and arm. Yeah, like you, like what happens to women all the time. Very good point. Very good point. Somebody uh, telling you you can't do something and literally blocking your path. And the other thing that's interesting is, that, and I said this in the previous episode, but his stoic mannerisms and non-emotional reactions mm-hmm. to it's somewhat robotic <laughs> finally came into play here because yeah. he's not really shown any dynamic reaction to anything yeah. that's happened there. It's, at least it's with, gotta be like self-preservation. Yeah. At least with Fred. So Fred really only sees this version of Nick, right. Of, you know, kind of toeing the line, doing some things. He knows that Nick is the father of this child. Um, but well, the, yeah, it seems like he has shoved it into like maybe a corner of his mind where he doesn't acknowledge it all right. the time. Yes. Sometimes it seems like he really believes. Yeah. So Nick is That's currently, as we left things, holding Fred upstairs. Semi hostage. Semi hostage. <laughs> uh, so the other player here is Rita, the MVP of the season. Um, and who, as, as I guess some of these things happened, just came in the room and said, we can get you out. And she's like, everybody's like, wait, what, where are we going? What's happening? And then it's just all. She's like, like, I got this. <laughs> but but P.S. Just take a few minutes to scrawl Nolites Te Bastardes Carborundum on the wall before we go. Yeah. You got time for that. That's the thing I don't understand. But, yeah, same. That, or maybe it looked like it took forth on Maybe it was like a Shawshank thing where she just doing it and had it covered up the entire time. Oh, she had it covered ripped up. Ripped off the wall. Come on. She doesn't have a Rita Hayworth poster to cover it up. <laughs> It'd be awesome if she did. <laughs> That'd be a great call out. Like a giant <laughs> Rita Hayworth poster on the wall. <laughs> And then they rip, rips Could it you down. imagine their faces if there was a pinup poster anywhere in that house? <laughs> Fred oh, walks in. Hilarious. <laughs> so my one note I made here is that Rita and the Marthas organized this whole escape, and I don't know what part Nick played in it, and we don't know really any information other than clearly. Yeah, the Marthas... I want to know like was there a conversation between Nick and Rita at one point? Like how did 
how did well, the coordination yeah. of those two sides? Because the Marthas are not eyes. No. Well, and there, there are of. no male Marthas. Right. So the one thing I thought of was as soon as, because Fred said something to Rita, and that's when he sprints upstairs because he's like, what's going on? And she's yeah. like, I don't know. She's like, there's a fire yeah. or something like and that. And he kind of sees the look on her face and he's uh-huh. like, oh, shit. And so I think maybe like Nick was around and she went and got him and was like, yeah, Fred's going to I was I was this. surprised to see Fred even realizing that she was not behaving as expected in that moment. Honestly, he is not quick. No, no. That he seemed like around. a fast leap for him. Yeah. Uh, so the one caveat I said is like Fred knew that was something was up. So it'll be interesting to see. When this show comes back, like what time yeah. frame we're in and what happens to Rita. Um, yeah, I'm worried about Rita. Well, I'm worried about it, too. I, I don't think they can prove anything, but that doesn't stop them. Yeah, they don't seem to need much proof no. other than a man said so. A man thinks that something may have happened. But the only caveat that's there is that much like the other things that have happened with the Waterfords is they are want to cover it up more than they are to oh, yeah. try. You and, can't blame them at this point. Yeah, lay any blame. So, and especially with Serena's head where it is right now. Um, especially with her letting June right, take right. the baby and go. I mean, that's an easier thing, though. It's easy to say that she kidnapped the baby. Right. Like, that's not hard. But, you know, the orchestration of the escape yeah. is a totally maybe a little story. tougher. Uh, so our last person here is uh, Lydia, who oh, last Lydia. we saw was stab, 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 punch, 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 kick, 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 yeah. down the floor. Is at the bottom of the stairs, I think, yes, is really is. the last place we see her. Yes. Um. Emily took it to her pretty good. Yeah. And put in her patented extra kick for good measure <laughs> that she likes to do. Um, she was she was kinder than I would have been oh, in that for situation. Sure. Uh, so she is currently on the floor uh, somewhere or on an ambulance. They well, yeah, they, t- ambulance. they took her away. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. Uh, so the Canadian contingency, um, who we did not see much of after the treason and co- coconuts episode, um, Moira, she's discovered that Odette, her fiance, was killed. Uh, in Gilead, and then that's one more reason for her to be pissed off at Gilead, is what I said, <laughs> which is just like, yeah, you know, she's already had that. That obviously. was pretty crushing to watch. That was her, her memories, and yeah, pretty yeah. amazing episode there. Uh, Luke and Luke does have the part. He meets up with Nick at the bar because, of course, and finds out there's that only one bar in only that town apparently <laughs> in little Little America. One bar uh, finds out about. June being pregnant, and but Nick says that it's Commander Waterford's, so there's no, you know. Yeah, he doesn't admit. Is. Right. There's no Maury Povich yet. Um, <laughs> you're welcome. And so that'll be interesting to see where that goes uh, with Luke. Uh, obviously, with Emily heading up to Canada, at what point did they connect with this baby that Luke probably has some interesting well, and feelings does, about? Does Emily know enough to be able to track him down we're like that we're not getting so into that hard. part yet because that's sarah's whole whole thing is there were no instructions there was just a baby given they to did you. talk ab- about their lives before so yes. like if she remembers some of that like there's a small chance but i yeah. imagine there's a lot of american refugees up there oh yeah well and emily's a smart smart guy i mean she was that's like true. a college professor and she's a very that's true like if anybody thinker, could so, do it probably yeah, she it's could her. get it together and, and i'm sure remembers that you know if nothing else Moira will take care of the baby. Exactly. Last person, Aaron. She who yeah. did not talk for a season. Uh, Aaron, who finally has a name. Yes, uh, Aaron. Uh, they actually never say it in the show, but it, her name is Aaron Bruce Miller. 
And uh, her famous line from this season is just randomly saying, blessed be the Fruit Loops when she's eating when uh, Samira Wiley's character comes in. If you morning. have not Googled, just Google blessed be the Fruit Loops and then hit images. So you can see there. some of the swag that people are making with blessed be the Fruit Loops. Do it now. Pretty great. And it's I, awesome. And I couldn't remember. I didn't have time to look it up. But I think she's also the one that when they're trying to decide how to get the letters out is the one that says this could make a big uh, a big impact and oh, kind of she? gets them to uh, plugs the idea in their heads of releasing the letters to like on social media or to right. the media. I think she's the one that says that at I the table remember. when they're talking about but I don't remember yeah. off the top of my head. This is after the Waterfords have visited. Yes. Or, or they're still there yeah, Nick actually. Has, Nick gave Luke the letters yeah, from yeah. the Mayday people. At the one bar. Exactly, at the one bar in Little America. And, uh, they and I think that, isn't that... Like, the Waterford's trip got cut short at that point. Like, they had to go. Yes. Because Canada was like, nope. Yeah. We changed our minds. We that can't even point, have a conversation. Yeah. They did not have you any, are, like, apparently no proof. You are far worse than we imagined. So, that that's where we're at right now. That's where everybody's at. June has got her Jedi robe hood on, looking like she's going to murder fools. But no one knows where exactly she she's going to go. does look like a Jedi in that scene. I didn't put that together Absolutely. before. She's yeah, her, she's all Obi-Wan Kenobi. She's got all, uh, well, she's got like that Anakin, like if her eyes glowed at the end of that, that uh, would have been like, I'm waiting for the red light. I can't stand it. We're not talking about that. We don't need to get into anyway, this. Sorry, Star Wars. Poster Anakin irritates me. I know. I get it. No, this is a classic Star Wars poster in the room with thing. us. This is a great thing. We love it. Let's take a little break here in the action. We're about halfway there. So, you know, we're doing the costume contest that you can go enter at allconsumingcontent.com, which is our website. You can also... Uh, Hashtag us at uh, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook if you have a Handmaid's Tale-themed costume that you are doing, whether it is a straight-up cosplay, really high-quality, fantastic, you spend a million hours on it costume, or if it's a zombie apocalypse Janine, whatever. I'm into that. That's awesome. We just want to see your Handmaid's Tale-themed costume. It can be anything. Inspired by whatever. Send it to us. Hashtag Handmade Halloween 2018 on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Hashtag Handmade Halloween 2018. Send us your pictures, tag us on them so we can find them, or you can go to our website and enter properly at allconsumingcontent.com. Now, one of our judges is the aforementioned, if you listen to the intro, Lizzie Hale from the rock band Hailstorm. They are currently over in the Europe's, uh, getting the European people all rocked up. And they're coming back over here to the Americas uh, to do the United States tour. I believe they are kicking things off in Virginia sometime at the end of October. Uh, October 25th is when they wrap up in Europe. And November 16th, they start. Norfolk, Virginia, the Ted Constant Convocation Center, which is a really fancy name for a thing. I kind of like that. The Convocation Center. Anyway, that's where they be. November 16th is when they start kicking off the U.S. leg of this tour to support their brand new album, Vicious, which is available now wherever you get and consume your music. Now, if you're looking to get a little sample of the Hailstorm and all things Lizzie Hale, head over to their YouTube channel and look up their brand new video for Do Not Disturb. Uh, That's the new song from their album, Vicious. Uh, You should check it out. It is very funny and very appropriate for the month of October as it is uh, very um, Rocky Horror-ish. Uh, very cool, very clever. 
really funny. So go check it out. Once again, that's the video for Do Not Disturb from Hailstorm. You can find that on YouTube or wherever you find your videos online. And once again, uh, Lizzie Hale from Hailstorm will be judging the group competition of our costume competition, which you can enter at our website, allconsumingcontent.com, or hit us up with the hashtag HandmadeHalloween2018 and show off your Handmaid's Tale-inspired costume. We are so looking forward to it. We're really getting ready to ramp things up here. So stick with us. Enjoy the rest of the show. Thanks, guys. See you. So that's where everybody is. Emily's on her way to hopefully getting out of Gilead to Canada. She's in the van. She's on the road. Um, everybody else is where we left them. June is in the street. Uh, Canada's in Canada. And everybody else is where they are. So what do we know about season three heading into this? Okay. Surprising amount. A surprising amount, of course, because... They really, really like to drop the news. They yeah, they're very good uh, at it. So a, new, uh, a little note here, fun fact that I read yesterday, was that the show apparently doubled its viewership from season one. On the I found that really two. surprising. That's I a, was worried they were going to have a drop off yeah. because they were done with the book material. Right. No, this is that's a huge number. Yeah. too. So and I, I could kind of see that um, just in the social media interactions and the people coming on there and talking about the show. So there was a, a bigger viewership for sure, which is great for them. Uh, the premiere date, as far as when the next uh, season starts, we don't know for sure, but the last two seasons, the first and second season, both started at the end of April, going into the first part of May. So I would imagine that those will be the same timeline in which they're sticking with. Uh, as far as when the trailers are coming, I did read this also that last year where they did the first kind of teaser trailer at the beginning of January. Uh, so it's kind of the timeline you're kind of looking for. I think they're trying to keep everything consistent in that area. Uh, so unless there's some kind of delay in filming or production that we there better not about, be, which <laughs> we have to wait long enough. Right. Exactly. We have to wait nine months, actually. Keep, which that, is keep that schedule buttoned up, Bruce. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What Tiana said. Get together. So <clears throat> now who's going to be back and what does season three hold for them? Uh, Here's what we know about the characters officially uh, from uh, yes. several sources, mostly Bruce Miller, who did a you know post-show, post-finale press conference that we were on, that Tiana did, and then also just other things. Yeah, he did have... a couple of pretty in-depth interviews yeah. after that, too, where he dropped a so, few more <clears throat> Easter eggs. Aunt Lydia, not dead, for those of you wondering. Yes. Um, we are and, not speculating. And This is a fact. And that was one of the things that he Bruce came out and said right away because yeah. I think otherwise, I was so surprised. otherwise that was going to be one of those like things that people were like, oh my god, trying what? to like wheedle out of him with like yes. side questions that kind of related yeah. to it exactly. And so the, he confirmed it, and then just last week, Anne Dowd herself confirmed it. So if you needed to hear it from another source other than the guy that runs the show, and Dowd, the person that plays the character, said indeed that yes. she is back. And from everything Bruce has said that uh, we've read, is she is going to rethink her methods and not in a positive way. As in, oh, I need to be more caring and loving to the handmaids. As in, yeah. I'm not doing this enough. I'm really interested to see this uh, character evolution, even though it's probably in a direction I would not like it to go. Correct. I think it'll be fascinating. That is, uh, yeah, that's where she is headed. So she is back and going to be battered never, I would imagine. Literally. Now, Bradley Whitford's character, Commander Lawrence, will also be back. And Bruce Miller said that we'll learn a lot more about him. And he compared him to Oppenheimer, who was one of the main scientists that was in charge of the uh, project to make the atomic bomb. And that yeah. he created who this also thing. also really regretted that later in life. It got away from him. A little bit. And that he created this thing. And what it turned out to be was horrific and terrible. And now he's trying to dealing with the aftermath of that and that he was part of it. And how does he deal with that and make it, make it okay? And <laughs> does he even want to make it okay? 
Right. Is it possible to make it okay? Right. Uh, so uh, as far as he's concerned, we've been introduced to his wife, who has some kind of mental illness issue going on, clearly. Mm-hmm. And then also Cora, who it's is frankly, his Frankly, it's amazing that more women don't have serious... Uh, that don't end up like that? Yeah. You would imagine. That's probably what would happen to me if I were still alive in that situation, although I definitely would have been on the wall early on. Correct. Uh, so we're also introduced to his Martha, which is Cora, who is a badass. And Brita, or uh, Amanda Bruegel, has even said, like, you know, she's not somebody to mess with. And next year, yeah. when we get to know her more, you're yeah. going to love her. So, I, And I think it's great that his Martha is Cora, yeah. who is one of the uh, Marthas that was in the book in the right, along the with Rita yeah. in the uh, original Waterford household. So I, I just thought that was such a nice little nod yeah. to readers. Pretty good. <laughs> so we'll get more of her. And she's. She looks to be a, a force to be reckoned with. Cherry Jones, who played June's mother, Holly, uh, apparently is in position to return now. I know the one thing we found out... It could out, just be in the flashbacks. We don't know that yeah, yet. We don't know like in what capacity that will be, because she was put into the colonies fairly early on in the Gilead takeover, we find out, uh, when they have that flashback where yeah, Moira... she was a doctor. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, she performed abortions. Hardcore feminists. Like. Yeah, and we find out that in a flashback when... June and uh, Moyer were in the Red Center, like, early on that stage. That's when they see a video where they show Holly, or in, her mom, in the colony. So, if they're going by the normal things of the colonies, she should, by all rights, uh, Yeah, be, I mean, just from radiation think. poisoning, you would think that she's got to be dead by now. Yeah, and the age she was already Well, she older. seemed pretty... I mean, she's hardcore, but... Pretty vital, you know. You saw that soil. I saw that soil. I, yeah, yeah. I mean, Emily was already losing teeth. Right. So... My guess is mostly flashbacks, but who knows? Uh, Joseph Fines had an interesting thing. He said that he's glad that now that Fred is kind of out of this ambiguous stage of is he kind of a good guy, is he a bad guy, and now that he is full-on villain. Did anybody really believe he might be a good guy? I mean, after s- the fourth episode of the first season where he kind of turns into creepy Fred full-on, I think no. But I think there was maybe still some hope. Like, especially when he's letting her meet Hannah and all this stuff that now that it's all on the table and he is speaking of which, yes, there is a Facebook group that is very pro Commander Fred that we have to talk about later. Yes, we will definitely talk about that in the 